Welcome into the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah. Across from me, as always, Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter, Ed Wood on ESPN 1000. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. And we have a good one for you this week. UFC 286. Usman Edwards 3. Justin Gagey. Rafael Fazeev. It's going to be a great fight as well as the co-main event. But first, Jordan... Is this the dumbest thing the UFC has ever done? Is put a pay-per-view that the main event is going to be around 6.15, 6.30, because this is in London, on the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. The UFC has, schedule, has had some head-scratching scheduling gaffes in their past. This one might tip the taco. Is that even a phrase? Nope, I, it, it is now. It, it, is, it, it is, is now. We're tipping the taco. Tip the iceberg. All right. <laughs> We're tipping the, the taco. I mean, here's the thing. This is the trilogy, <laughs> the trilogy fight we didn't know we wanted or, or quite frankly needed, and I'll dive into that a little bit yeah. later on. But, yeah, all of our attention is on the NCAA tournament. It is March Madness. That is where the eyeballs will be. It'll be on CBS, on True TV, because we all find True TV at this time, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm, you know forget mm-hmm. about it for another 11 months. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Uh, I'm happy that Leon Edwards is getting a showcase fight in front of his home of countrymen. Course, of course. At local time. But it's not even that. If it was here, like if this was the paper, first of all, they should have done this paper for you last weekend. Like that would have been the weekend to do it. And if you do it here, at least the main event is after the most of the games are over. Like, you've got a couple straggler games that might be good, but odds are they probably won't be towards the end of the night. And then you can turn this on and watch the main event or watch the co-main event and then this. Or, or at least the main card starts around 10 o'clock, right? But this being in London, overseas in the time change, your main, your main card starts at what? 5 o'clock? Starts at 5.45 is your first... No, I take that back. 4.15 is your first uh, main card fight with Marvin Vittori and Roman Dolidze. I mean... That is right in the smack dad yeah. of four games. Yeah. Probably midway through the first half. That's ridiculous. Into the second. It's not good. It's not good. And, and look, maybe five years ago, maybe ten years ago, you could make the argument that it was not the same audience. But now with the evolution of sports betting, the evolution of streaming, the the evolution of... It's all the same. Exactly. So bad job by the UFC. These numbers are not going to do well. But then again, I don't believe any of the numbers that are thrown out there anymore by Dana White. But this is not going to do well. And I'm still questioning if I'm going to order the pay-per-view or not. It's it's right now lingering and and kind of weighing towards not ordering the pay-per-view. When I'm, does, really only, I'm really only excited for one fight on the main card. Well, Illinois will be out by then, so you'll be Illinois fine. Illinois is definitely going to lose on Thursday. Yeah, so you'll be fine. Yes. You'll be good. Alabama will still be playing. Depends on what time well, they yeah, play. They're not going to lose to Farley Dickinson or whoever they're playing. Yeah, I know. They're probably going to the Final Four. Write it down in your brackets. Alabama in the Final Four. Fat Jack's dead to you, though. Well, he picked them to go to, <laughs> he picked them to, go to the championship game. He just didn't pick them to win the championship game, which yeah. is fine. Listen, get to the Final Four. That's all I really care about. Everything that's going on with this program this year, just get to the Final Four. Real quick, are you going to go to the Final Four if they go to the Final Four? No, probably not. Oh, I mean, I know with the the newborn at home might be difficult, but like a weekend with your team playing in the Final Four and then also your team playing baseball? I know. Yeah. uh, 
Probably not, though. Okay. Probably smart for your marriage. Yeah, probably. Like, I, I look, here, okay, I'll pull the curtain back. Like, if if the station was sending us, yeah, then I'd be first in line to be like, Black and Abdallah need to go to the Final Four. I want to see Alabama play. But they're not, and I'd have to foot the bill myself. If we were the seed, the personalities, real quick, going totally off subject here on the Unnamed MMA podcast, makes a lot of sense. If we were to seed the content personalities on who should go, preference to go, I think you're a two, if not a one. I appreciate that. I, I appreciate think you're a that. two, if not a one, because I'm not thinking, you know, whatever, like, Waddle and Sylvie, you know, Cap and whatever. Well, Chris and it's, I have gone before. Chris and I went to the last one in Minneapolis of, before the pandemic. Right. We went to that one. It was good. We didn't stay for the national championship game. We left after the final. We did Radio Row Friday, Saturday. We watched the game Saturday night, and then we went uh, about it. We drove. We drove. We flew home. We stayed in the Mall of America. They have a hotel. We stayed at the Mall of America. And it was fun. It was great. It's a great time. I, it can, was. I, I have a Radio Row story from the Final Four as well in Indianapolis from 2010 that I maybe get See, to also on this unnamed MMA podcast. That's here. the thing. If it like the national championship that I went to when it was Alabama and Georgia a couple years ago, if it was in Indianapolis, I would go because I would just drive. Right. I would get a press pass and I would just go again. And I'd find a seat somewhere because not all the seats are filled, like I did for the national championship. I was sitting like 12th row. In the end, like not in the end zone, but but like at the like twenty yard line, because people just didn't show up, um, and it was great. It was awesome. They lost, Alabama lost, but whatever. I would go. I would do that if it was close enough to drive. Like if it was Detroit, I don't know why it would be Detroit, but if it was <laughs> if it was Indianapolis, even even Minneapolis is drivable. I would probably I might do that. I might consider that and just get a hotel room for the night and just go at least to the Final Four games. Probably not the national championship yeah, game. Just get out of there. Get yeah. out of Dodge. Get, yeah. Get back home. Exactly. But that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think Tyler Aki would be my number one overall seed. Well, yeah, him and Shay Norling do basketball. You so they would probably take but precedence. I, but see, but the thing is, I'm I'm also couple it with White Sox. I'm also okay. thinking because they're opening up in Houston, yeah. ESPN Chicago is going to need a reason to send you. Exactly. So Tyler's the number one seed because he's got the pre and post game show stuff and the and the college hoops. You probably the number two. I appreciate you're the that. two seed. Chris and I, both White Sox fans, would enjoy that. I think we'd go to we'd go to all the games. We'd go to opening night. We'd go to the games. Then we'd go to the national championship game. Fly home. It'd yeah, be great. It'd be put awesome. Out some, put out some great content. Yeah, filling for Greeny if we need to. It'd be awesome. Yeah. It'd At the 2010 awesome. uh, Final Four, I interviewed Jared Fogle from Subway. That's that I mean, is not held well. Interesting. It <laughs> has, has not held up well. It has not. I saw one of the Bachelors, and he was he's actually one of the ones that's from here, and I was like, oh man. I'm a big because I do watch The Bachelor. Of course you do. I'm like that's a big fan. I'm a big. He's like, oh, can I come on with you guys? And I was like, we just like we had just we had finished. But I was like, we could record it. And then his person was like, he's got somewhere to be. I'm like, come on. Yeah. And I walked by Bill Walton, but he said no to us. It was fine. (laughs) We had had John Thompson on, uh, and the guy I was hosting with asked him two questions, called him John. I then asked the third question, called him Coach. Yeah. It's like, thank you for calling me Coach. Yeah, this guy didn't. I'm only talking to you. Now. Yeah, you're. I mean, whenever you're, you're always coach. Yeah, you're always. always coach. Yeah, I don't know why that guy didn't call him coach. That's fine. especially that <laughs> that person. All right, let's get into right, we have fights UFC to talk about. 286. We'll start with the opening of the main card: Marvin Vittori against Roman Dolidze. Marvin Vittori minus 295. Dolidze plus 220. Vittori only fought once in 2022. He lost against Robert Whitaker, but is still in the top five at 185. 
having only lost to Whitaker and Israel Adesanya in his last in the last five years. And Dolidze broke out last year. He had three wins in seven months. And now he is also towards the top of that ranking. This is a very important fight for that middleweight division. But Vittori, the big favorite here at minus 295. I mean, both of these guys, I think, match up very equally from a skill set standpoint. Both have very good striking. Vittori probably a little bit better on the boxing side. The leads a little bit more versatility in his striking. I think both guys are very good grapplers, got some submissions, have shown strong cardio. Uh, and, you know, quite frankly, e- even though they match up well, I agree with the odds. Marvin Ventori has had the, the harder strength of schedule. He's faced the tougher competition. He's fought for a championship and went five rounds uh, twice with Israel or went five rounds once with Israel Adesanya and then went three rounds in a controversial split decision win for Israel Adesanya uh, several years ago. But it's March I'm going with the guy that's on fire. I'm going with the guy that's streaking. I'm going with the mid-major that's going to pull up the upset. At those odds, I like Roman Delizze straight up. Just looking at how he performed on short notice his last time out, taking out a guy with a similar skill set as Marvin Vittori and Jack Hermanson. Took him down, put him in a crucifix, and, and, and got him out of there very, very impressively. So for me... I just think the odds are are too good to pass up at plus 220, straight up on the money line. Even though I love Marvin Vittori, I've backed him before, and he's got a good matchup. But I think Roman Deleuze, that streak continues to five wins in a row. The dogs are barking early. I love it. I love it. So that's plus 220 right there on Fandle. We'll go to, to Method of Victory, even though I don't think we're going to need to find one. I mean, that would be a great way to start the night. Uh, Marvin Vittori by points at minus 125. Deleuze by knockout at plus 600. Vittori by submission at plus 650. Vittori by knockout is plus 750. And Deleuze by submission is plus 750. I don't think there's a finish in this fight. Fight. Okay. I really, I really don't. I, even though guys, you know, they have proven in Delizze certainly during so the street. Delizze by points is plus eight fifty. So, well, that's the thing. Then may, maybe you go that. Although obviously, because because here's the thing: Marvin Vittori is tough as they come. That guy is so difficult to finish. I can't remember the last time that he's been finished in a fight. I don't believe he's been finished in the UFC. Deleuze is streaking because of his ability to finish. You know, the, the victory over Phil Hawes and, and, and the victory, as I just mentioned, over Jack Hermanson. But I think if you believe in in Roman Deleuze, why not sprinkle a little bit in that and that even further 8-1 to one plus odds for him to win via decision? I like that play. Our next fight is Jennifer Maya against Casey O'Neill. Casey O'Neill, 9-0, minus 192. The favorite, Jennifer Maya, plus 148. She is 29-1, and we saw the last time we had a pay-per-view, the flyweights were out in full force. And so this is ranked flyweights, again, between Jennifer Maya and Casey O'Neill trying to, you know, jockey for position in that division. What do you think of this one? Does Casey O'Neill continue and become 10-0 at the end of Saturday night? I think she does. I think she She's special. She's one of these another, you know, women's fighters that a, a lot of people are, are drawing a, attention to. And there's a lot of shakeup going on, obviously, in women's mixed martial arts. Alexa Grasso, uh, a couple of weeks ago, pulling off the upset over Valentina Shevchenko. And we've seen some impressive, you know, challengers uh, come up. I think Casey O'Neill is, is that. And I think also Casey O'Neill gets a very favorable matchup against Jennifer Maya, uh, a fighter in Maya who's a former title challenger, but wants to, you know, dirty up the fight with some dirty boxing, work some clinch against the cage. Certainly she's got some takedowns and she's got some submissions, but I think Casey O'Neill has showcased um, 
Very good takedown defense. The ability to keep the fight standing. And I think she's just a more versatile striker. She's going to have to avoid the power shots from Jennifer Maya. And Jennifer Maya maybe landing some of those power shots. So if you recall back a couple of podcasts ago, I was talking about the differences between that. A women's fight that came up, Ketlin Vieira versus Holly Holm. Mm-hmm. Holly Holm landed volume. Ketlin Vieira landed more power shots. Uh, Vieira won the fight. I think that could be the case if you're backing Jennifer Maya, but I think Casey O'Neill is on that next level. Again, kind of like a mixed martial arts fight, case or uh, uh, an NCAA matchup. She's Gonzaga. She's not on the, one of the power six, <laughs> but she's very talented. And Jennifer Maya is one of those, you know, middle of the road power six conferences. Uh, you know, a Tennessee, an Illinois. Uh, you know, de- definitely respectable conference, respectable resume, schedule of strength. But I like Casey O'Neill straight up on the money line. What's Casey O'Neill's Ken Palm? <laughs> Casey O'Neill by points is plus 125. Jennifer Maya by points is plus 210. Casey O'Neill by knockout is plus 600. O'Neill by submission is plus 850, and the rest of them are just ridiculous. So just saying straight up money line, maybe put her in a parlay. Casey O'Neill, we got a parlay for I, today. I think you could, you could, you could uh, yeah, boost that up a little bit with, uh, I'll get to it in the co-main all event, right, and then right. maybe some other fighters that we're talking about as well. All right, our next fight, Gunnar Nelson against Brian Barbarena. Brian Barbarena is is plus 300 as the underdog. Uh, he has won, he won two fights in uh, 2022. He beat Matt Brown and Robbie Lawler, but then he lost uh, in December after f- losing to Rafael Dos Anjos when this took place in Orlando. Gunnar Nelson minus 430, the favorite. He's 2-1 and one in his last three fights. He is on home turf. His second straight fight in London. What do you think of this one? Gunnar Nelson, the huge favorite. Yeah, Gunnar Nelson should be the huge favorite again just because of just how much of an advantage he's going to have if this fight goes to the ground and his ability, uh, you know, an Icelandic Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Always love that story. Always love the fact, too, that uh, he doesn't cut any weight. Like, he just, you know, shows up and he fights, so he doesn't have to worry about that. And sparring, I believe he spars without any gloves. Um, So he's a very interesting cat. The other thing is interesting, too, is that he took three years off and then decided to return and, and looked very good in his return. Uh, with, with with his submission victory. Brian Barberena, I think his, his steam ran out. He ran into too tough a competition against Rafael Dos Anjos. So I think in this fight, Brian Barberena is going to have a very difficult time doing what Brian Barberena does, dirtying up fights and keeping fights standing and getting it into a striking battle because the other discipline that Gunnar Nelson brings is a karate background. He fights with a, a weird stance, and he tries to come in and out, dart in and out, and counter-strike. So I don't believe Brian Barberlin is going to be able to get into a phone booth with Gunnar Nelson, and if he were, Gunnar Nelson's going to get this fight to the ground. So I think Gunnar Nelson needs to be probably slapped in to our parlay with Casey O'Neill. And on top of that, too, I haven't looked at it. It's probably not great odds, but him to win via submission is probably the prop play to do for this fight. All right, so we will go with that. We'll look at the uh, method of victory here. Gunnar Nelson by submission, just to go through the odds here. Gunnar Nelson by submission at plus 120. Gunnar Nelson by points at plus 220. Brian Barberena by knockout is, is plus 550. Brian Barberena by points is plus 950, as is Gunnar Nelson by knockout. And then Barberena by submission, 22 to 1. Brian Barberena that, by submission. That, that's, that's not happening. No, that, that's that's Farley Dickinson winning the national title. Uh, <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now I'm looking at it, the current odds by FanDuel and just thinking about, again, stylistically and how this fight could play out. Mm-hmm. The under 2.5 at a dollar 52 might also be worth it because, look, Gunnar Nelson has taken some time off. So he has been out of the game for a while prior to you know his his most latest victory. 
Plus the fact, too, Brian Barbarena lands a bomb at some point in the fight. Gunnar Nelson's lights could mm-hmm. go out. So I think a finish is likely happening in this fight on Gunnar Nelson's side. So maybe to help prop that up a little bit, you do the under two and a half as well. So what's your two official picks? The under two and a half, and then what was the other one? I, I, I think you're going to have to put just Gunnar Nelson straight up money yeah. line into in a parlay. A parlay. Yeah, right. I, I think, you know, I think, yeah, if, you, if you're if you're feeling cute, maybe that Roman deleads a uh, bet hits, then you put him via submission there at plus go. 125. Uh, if you're feeling good about your NCAA selections. But outside of that, Gunnar Nelson's going to have to go into our parlay with Casey O'Neill. All right. Our next fight has potential to be a great one. Justin Gagey against Rafael Fazeev. Fazeev minus 260. Justin Gagey plus 195. Gagey comes back uh, for the first time since losing his second championship bid at UFC 274. And the last time he was in this position, the last time he fought a contender after losing in a title fight, it was at UFC 286, and it got fight of the year in 2021. Does this matchup have a potential to get another fight of the year? As Fazeev comes in one, winning six straight here uh, against just in his career, and Justin Gagey coming in after losing that title bid in UFC 274. And I believe you're talking about Michael Chandler. That was yes. the, the fight that mm-hmm. we were referencing. Yeah. yeah, you could have a similar because stylistically. That's what happens. Fazeev and and Gagey are going to probably walk to the center of the octagon and... Someone is going to, both guys are going to try and knock the the other out. And and that's, I love Justin Gagey. Like, Justin Gagey's like great. Like, he's he's the highlight for a reason. Um, You know, I think, I, I would love to, I would actually love to understand the mindset of the coaching staff, which is the same, same coaches for Kamara Usman is fighting in the main event. Mm-hmm. But the conversations they have with Justin and the, and the coaching staff that has conversations with Michael Chandler, because both those guys are wrestlers at, at, at the end of the day. They never wrestle. They just try and kill you inside yeah. the octagon or be killed. Rafael Fazeev, Rafael Fazeev is, is, is going to provide that opportunity for Justin Gagey. This fight should Whoa, be bonkers. This, this the, is the fight I'm going to... This is the fight, if you want to order the pay-per-view, is the reason why you do Well, Fazeev by submission is 19-1, to 1, and Gagey by submission is 26-1. to 1. Okay. So, like, just c- cross those off. Yeah. All right, and then you've got Fazeev by knockout is plus 140. Fazeev by points is plus 240. Gagey by knockout is plus 320, and Gagey by points is plus 750. You got to remember, Fazeev comes from a, a kickboxing background. He's yeah. the Muay Thai coach. Coach uh, for Tiger Muay Thai for a while before he transitioned fully into mixed martial arts. He's been in there with great strikers, Mark DeCasey, Brad Rydell, and, and neither one of those guys knocked him out and, and landed some significant shots. And this guy has one-punch power. Go back and watch his fight against Hainato uh, Maikano. He's impressive. He, he's an impressive striker. Sometimes he looks like he's out of the matrix with his ability to avoid strikes. So I think that Fazeev, Casey O'Neill, and Gunnar Nelson got to be in our parlay. All right. We will go with Fazeev in the par- Anything in the method of victory, anything in the round props, anything like that? I just think Justin Gage is so hard to knock out. Right. So, I mean, he's a guy that gets submitted when he gets hurt, but I just don't think Fazeev is slapping on a guillotine or an arm bar after he hurts Justin Gage. Parlay's looking pretty decent right now. We got three fights in there. We'll recap, recap it for you here in a second. But our main event... The trilogy fight. Leon Edwards, Kamara Usman. Usman minus 260, even though he lost the last fight. Leon Edwards plus 196. Leon Edwards at home in London taking on Kamara Usman in their trilogy fight. If you remember, back at UFC 278, Usman was winning this fight, hands down. 
Usman was on his way to a unanimous decision, and then you get kicked in the face. With a and minute left with in the one, fight. One minute left, fifth round, kicked in the face, and Leon Edwards is your champion. And now... There's a lot around this fight, obviously. Will Leon Edwards be able to capitalize on that? Is Usman going to be even more engaged? Will he try to look to finish Leon Edwards so you don't get to the final minute of the fight again? There's a lot going on on this fight. Edwards being at home and having that entire home crowd around him. Kamara Usman being the un- not the underdog, but the underdog in the building, right? Like, in the building, he's going to be the underdog. The betting favorite, for sure, minus 260, we know that. But in that building, no one's going to be behind him. Everyone is going to be cheering for Leon Edwards. So how does the third fight in this trilogy shake yeah, out? Yeah, I mean, you you had a great summary of, of the lead-up to it. What I'll add is that prior to the knockout loss to uh, Leon Edwards, Kamaru Usman was being considered the greatest welterweight of all time. And when you're in that conversation, you were in a conversation with George St. Pierre, who's not only considered the greatest welterweight of all time and maybe the greatest fighter of all time. So there's that. Secondly... Currently, Kamar Usman is the cheapest he has been in a fight to bet on since he was the underdog in the title fight against Tyron Woodley. So this is the cheapest you can get Kamar Usman. He was more of a favorite against Colby Covington both times, George Masvidal, Leon Edwards, you know, the, 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 in this previous fight. So that's what I would recommend. Kamar Usman, and the third thing about it is, is look, all those months ago, In my opinion, Kamaru Usman had the opportunity to work on defending the head kick and getting better at defending that compared to Leon Edwards being able to improve his grappling enough to prevent Mm -hmm. the fight from going to the ground where Kamaru Usman had the advantage. That's fair. So for me, this is going to be a new UFC welterweight champion because I don't see a difference between the first fight that three rounds went to Usman, and then four rounds, maybe you could argue three rounds, maybe Leon Edwards won the first round of the rematch, that there's going to be a difference enough for me to believe that Kamar Usman is once again. And I think also there's something to your point. Kamar Usman probably has something to prove now. Oh, yeah. He has something to prove. And just going out there and getting a win via decision might not be good enough. He might need to go out there and finish Leon Edwards. Yeah, so um, our method of victory here, Usman by points, plus 115. Usman by knockout, plus 310. Edwards by points, plus 460. Edwards by knockout at 5-1, to one, plus 500. So does Usman let this go the distance for that plus 115 by points? Or does he end this early? And Or do we just say, just put this in the parlay because Usman winning this fight? Oh, look, I mean, I'll say this. Like, when Kamaru Usman was thought that he couldn't be a finisher, he finished Kobe Covington in the fifth round. He finished mm-hmm. George Masvidal in the third round. So he's got power. He's got knockout power. The, the dude hits like a Mack truck. But I think the most common plays have to be either Usman via decision or Leon Edwards by knockout at that, what, 5-1 okay. to one you said it was? Yeah. I think, it's Uz- I think it's Usman via decision. Usman but th- by points? All right, we'll put that down. Usman by points. And should we put him in the parlay or no? Yes. All right. Yes. Let's All get right. that 14-banger. Four, All right, so we've got four in that. Now, let's just remember, remember that friend of the show, Bilal Muhammad, is in London, that if Usman or Edwards wakes up with the sniffies and they can't go, that he's the backup, and we could be saying and new, to Bilal Muhammad. 
Probably not. <laughs> but the chances out there, shout out Bilal Muhammad. Hopefully he gets his title shot. Someone fight this man. Stop hiding Kobe Covington. He doesn't listen to this. But I'm just saying it in case it gets back to him. I don't want him punching me in the face. So that's what's going to happen there. So a recap for you. Uh, we are going with Dalidze plus 220 and also sprinkle a little bit uh, by points at plus 850. Uh, in the Nelson Barbarena fight, we're going to go under two and a half. And then Usman by points at plus 115. And our parlay, anything else in the prelims that you like maybe to stuff in this parlay or that you just want to bet straight up? I think straight up, uh, I'm looking at the uh, Jai Herbert-Ludwig Klein fight. Ludwig Klein is a uh, relatively decent favorite, Dower 74 mm-hmm. at FanDuel. I think Herbert's going to, you know, Herbert's going to look to keep this fight standing. Klein's going to certainly oblige, but when it gets dicey, Klein's going to look to utilize his wrestling, his underutilized wrestling, and Herbert has struggled with that. So I think uh, Rudovic Klein just straight up on the money line to win. All right, and our parlay is Kamara Usman, Rafael Faziv, and Gunnar Nelson and Casey O'Neill, and that pays those four fights plus 270 in that four-leg parlay. So you know what? Set it and forget it. You're listening to this on a Wednesday. Make the bet now. That way, if you don't want to b- watch the pay-per-view because you're watching college basketball, just keep an eye on your app, and then you can say, hey, I'll go into your FanDuel app, and they're like, oh, my God, look, there's a, th- I just made double my money, triple my money because I bet the parlay, or I bet Dolidze plus 220, or he won on points by plus 850. Just sprinkle a little bit depending on how your, your uh, tournament picks are going. And if you want tournament picks, head to FatJackSports.com because the dude is on absolute fire right now with the NCAA. NCAA tournament with all the conference championships last week. The NCAA tournament is the best time to sign up for Fat Jack Sports because the dude is absolutely on fire. You'll get all of Jordan's picks as well. You can follow Jordan on Twitter at Wood on ESPN 1000. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. And we will be back next week for another episode of the unnamed MMA podcast. Thanks for listening.